Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Tracy Rosler, who is EVP of Operations at TransPlace. And uh, before that, he was the Senior Vice President of Transportation and Supply Chain at Walmart, where for more than two decades, he kind of had a frontline view of all of the exciting changes that were taking place in the, in the retail industry and, and continue to transform the industry today. Um, you know, how have those changes redefined the rules for success? What's top of mind for shippers today in the industry? And, uh, you know, what role and what impact will technology have uh, moving forward in this industry and which technology is going to make a difference? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to explore in uh, today's episode. And uh, it's great to have Tracy with us to kind of share his insights and advice on these topics and more. So, uh, Tracy, welcome to the program. Hey, great to be here, Adrian, and uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so, so Tracy, before we kind of, you know, dive into, you know, the industry trends and, and a little bit about um, uh, kind of what's happening in retail and supply chain logistics and, and your role there, uh, I'm always curious about how people get involved in this industry to, to, to begin with, right? So, so tell us a little bit about your career path. I mean, I know you spent 22 years at, at Walmart, you know, most recently, like I said, uh, as a senior vice president of, of transportation supply chain, but, but how'd you get started in the industry? I mean, was it by plan or was it by accident? Well, um, I guess you could say it was by good fortune and, uh, and a little bit by accident. So when I was at, uh, I did my undergrad work at University of Alabama, and I had a finance professor that uh, asked the class who was interviewing with transportation-related companies that were, that were coming to campus to, uh, to actually conduct interviews. And nobody raised their hand, not a single person in the entire class raised their hand. Now, this is back in, you know, I'm going to date myself back in the, you know, mid to late 80s. And uh, so he, he, he made a statement. He said, you know, there's always going to be a need to move something from A to B. And so uh, I thought, well, I, I don't have a lot of competition because nobody's raising their hand. And he's right that there's always going to be a need to move something from A to B. So I started interviewing with some of the transportation companies and actually took a job with uh, Pool Truck Line, uh, who was out of Evergreen, Alabama. And it was kind of post deregulation, right? And uh, you had a, a variety of, of truckload carriers who were kind of all about the same size. Most of the people who are quite large today were all in the 1500 truck range back, back in that day. And so Pool Truck Line was a, was a thousand plus truck uh, van and flatbed carrier out of South Alabama that was owned by Landstar at the time. And then later Schneider uh, actually acquired, uh, acquired Pool. So that's, that's how I got started. So you could say it was a little bit of good fortune and, uh, and some, some insight from a really wise professor. Well, that's great. You know, and of course, you have know, you know, fast forward to today, and now you've got a lot of universities that have supply chain logistics programs, so people are actually majoring in this field uh, and getting in that way. And I think a lot of the folks that I think that are kind of our age and a little bit older, um, you know, they get into it either by accident or by good fortune. Um, my own background's in engineering. Uh, you know, I started out in manufacturing, uh, which you can argue, and or it is part of the, the broader supply chain. I just didn't know it was uh, then, um, but but it's certainly an, an exciting you know field to be in. And you know, uh, certainly then you spent you know obviously 22 years there at at Walmart, and then now most recently you know at at, at Transplace. What, what's your role there at Transplace now? So my current role at Transplace is executive vice president of operations. Primary focus is on the transportation management business, which is uh, 
kind of the cornerstone of, of trans place. Uh, so I've got responsibility for that business segment. Great, great. So, you know, a, a lot has changed in the supply chain logistics industry over the past two decades since you started there at, uh, you know, coming out of college in, in, the, uh, in, in that business. Um, and especially in the retail industry. I mean, from, from your perspective, I mean, what have been some of the, the biggest changes uh, that, that have taken place and how have they re redefined the rules for success? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it's been interesting. So I'll think back even prior to my time at Walmart um, relative to kind of views on the supply chain. But, um, you know, I, I'd spent nine years in the truckload transportation business, dry van, flatbed, temp control. So got a pretty good understanding of, of uh, a lot of different industries that we were doing business with or that I was doing business with over those years and then got into the retail supply chain. And I think about what's changed um, if you go back two decades. So let's, let's go back to uh, 1999, uh, 2000. And it, in some ways, it, it doesn't sound like a long time ago. But if you think about it, there was, there was no iPhone, right? There was, there, was, there was no mobile technology, so to speak. And the internet had not really taken off. And, and uh, you know, it was being talked about. But I think the biggest change that I've seen is in customer behavior and customer expectations over that time frame. Um, when I think about what customers were willing to um, accept and what their desires were, are nowhere near what they are today. And it's, and it's shaped by, I think, you know, intense growth and, and technology and capabilities that they have today and, and access to information that they didn't have years ago. And so consequently what that's done is it's caused competitors to change and competitors to fall out and competitors to grow as they respond to those customer expectations and respond to technology that's available today. So I think, I think customer uh, expectations are probably the biggest change driven by uh, uh, technology, Adrian. So that, that can dovetail into a whole variety of topics and conversation. No, absolutely. I mean, we've done some research here where, you know, what we're seeing more and more of our companies talk about is, you know, you know, when we talk about particularly transportation, I mean, cost is always something that's top of mind for, for shippers and, and those involved in transportation. But, but generally speaking, I mean, I think if we went back certainly 20 years ago, but even 10 years ago, and you talk to any transportation professional, you know, cost was always top of mind. Even last year, obviously, with the capacity crunch and everything else, you know, a lot of transportation budgets got blown out of the water. But I think what I've seen as well, to your point, is that it's not just about cost anymore. A lot of companies and even supply chain transportation people are talking about the need to compete on customer experience. And that's what's really driving a lot of the, the strategies. And of course, that's trickling down to transportation strategies and distribution strategies, right? So we're now seeing, you know, stores become fulfillment centers. Uh, we're seeing, you know, the use of greater private fleets or these new startups to do home delivery. So, I mean, are you seeing that as well, where, you know, this, this, this um, push towards the customer experience and customer expectations changing, the changes that that's then driving along, let's say, transportation? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think customers' expectations around a couple of things that, um, you know, customers' time is, in, is worth as much as many customers' money and, and time is money for, for, um, for customers. And so when a customer wants a particular item, whether they're going and visiting a brick and mortar operation or they're getting online, 
you know, they're looking for whatever conveniences relative to their definition of convenience at that particular time. So I think, you know, thinking back two decades, Walmart was changing the business model of convenience relative to one-stop shopping across an assortment of, you know, of, of 100,000 plus SKUs at a, at a particular super center and combining food with general merchandise. And I remember people thinking about that going, wow, who wants to go buy their groceries where they buy their general merchandise, you know? And now it's quite commonplace, but the solve was for one-stop shopping and convenience of time. And now, you know, customers have different, they, they have different um, mechanisms or alternatives to shop that provide convenience for them. And it may be, you know, I don't want to invest in going out and buying, a, you know, a, 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 you know a, a, an individual item and invest that time so it's easier for them. Now they've got, you know, all the power in the world at their fingertips and they need immediacy or want immediacy. And they've got an assortment of millions and millions of SKUs at their fingertips but they need execution. They need reliability uh, that that meets their that meets their expectations. So whether it's a single item or a basket of items, and whatever a customer you know is defining as is you know their their need of convenience at the time. So I think the supply chain in total, not just transportation, you've got to view and 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 what I've learned is transportation is a component of an end to end supply chain, and everything has to work in harmony from manufacturing all the way to in use in the return network, uh, Adrian, that, um, that, that now the view to serve a customer has to be holistic and not in silos. So if you're gonna operate in the transportation space and be really, really great at it, you gotta understand end-to-end supply chain today to serve a customer. Yeah, that's a great point. And I mean, obviously, you know, over the past few years, um, you know, a lot of discussion around e-commerce, right? And I think even early on in the early days of e-commerce, there was a lot of discussion about, to your point, almost talking about silos. I think a lot of folks were saying, hey, you know, e-commerce is going to completely, you know, do away with brick and mortar, you know, retail. And then certainly there's been a lot of brick and mortars that have gone by the wayside. But I think if you peel back the onion, it's for a variety of different reasons, not just, not just e-commerce. Uh, but I think if you look today, uh, it's a very different uh, uh, perspective, right? Because now, actually, those assets, those stores are viewed as a strength and a competitive differentiator. And what we're seeing is really, to your point, it's not just e-commerce. It's not just brick and mortar. It's how do you leverage you know, the, uh, uh, all of these assets and all these capabilities in a differentiating way, focused on the customer, but also you know, driving that reliability, that quality, uh, you know, that service component. So, so, so I, think, uh, I think that's another interesting piece of it is that, hey, it's not been the death of, of brick and mortar because now you have, I mean, Walmart's a great example. Order online and you can go and pick up at the store and, and now you have these very, you know, fancy, uh, you know, uh, uh, machines, I guess you can call them or, or uh, uh, things within the store where you, a consumer can go in and just put in their barcode and out pops the thing that they ordered the night before or two days ago, which I think is kind of unique in kind of leveraging, you know, the, this kind of, uh, you know, broader uh, you know, the broader pieces of the puzzle, bringing them all together. Yeah, it, Adrian, it's a great point. And I'll tell you, you know, you had asked the question earlier, is it, is, you know, is it more than just cost today? So it's absolutely execution uh, based on how the customer wants, wants to be served. And so you got to be really good at that. Um, but then also cost does matter. So running an efficient supply chain, having the information, the data to understand what's happening in your business 
because cost does matter in terms of where the where the customer is going to go. Plus, they have a lot of cost transparency with uh, with access to information. But the other thing that's interesting that you were touching on um, that's becoming a bigger part of the conversation with customers today. And I had this conversation with one of one of our customers, uh, Transplace customer, just last week, and then the conversation came up at my house as well. Um, this past week is how do you run a really sustainable supply chain? People care a lot about sustainability. Our customers care a lot about it. And so how do you run a, a very efficient supply chain also that's great for the environment? Um, and that comes into play again, both with our, our direct customer engagements that, that care a lot about it, as well as the e-commerce space, looking at you know shipments from one location, how much packaging is being utilized, uh, how do you minimize all those types of things and be a good steward of the environment while you're executing and serving a customer base? So I think there's a, a multitude of things that matter today that people are thinking about that they didn't think about, uh, you know, five, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's a great point. It's the same thing in our house, household as well. My, my oldest daughter, who's going to be a, a, a sophomore in college, uh, I would say she's the one that's driving you know, the, the sustainability conversation within our household, right? So it's the next generation that, uh, you know, every generation has something that's a little bit different in terms of their expectations of what they're looking for, whether it's, you know, uh, there's a lot of conversations saying grocery retail, right, about more organic, fresh food, so forth. That's transforming what's happening with, with the packaged food industry. Uh, but then sustainability is something that certainly for the younger generations is something that they've uh, uh, you know, have a pulse on and, and there's something that's very important for them as well. So it, again, it go, goes back to just, uh, you know, keeping pace with, you know, the changing customer expectations um, and then how that trickles down to supply chain logistics operations. Uh, Tracy, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here because, uh, uh, you know, I think let's talk now a little bit about kind of shipper 3PL, you know, relationships. And obviously for a lot of companies, you know, they rely on their logistics service provider partners to help them achieve you know, their, their objectives and their strategies and to drive innovation within their, their supply chains. So you've been on the shipper side for a long time. Uh, now you're on the logistics service provider side again. Uh, I mean, based on your past and, and, and your current experience, um, I mean, what does it take to create a, a successful 3PL customer relationship? I mean, what do shippers look for in a 3PL and, and vice versa? I mean, what, what do 3PLs look for in a customer? Yeah, good, good question, and and uh, really relevant given given kind of the timing that I'm at right now, Adrian. Um, I think what shippers need and, and require out of a 3PL is a 3PL that's going to have a, what I would call a very deep and intimate understanding of their customer's business. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to entrust someone else to execute on your behalf, um, you know, you want to make sure, and what I used to look for is somebody that really took the time not to just come in and understand what did I have that would complement their business, but I really needed them to understand what, you know, as a shipper, what my mission was, what my purpose was, what my strategies were, whether they were customer service strategies, whether they were uh, saving strategies, you know, whether, you know, what we're trying to, to accomplish and really get a deep understanding of it, how we did business, what our culture was like. Um, all those things mattered a lot. Um, and so it, to be a 3PL and I think be a successful 3PL, you really got to figure out how you integrate into the business uh, and, and make it transparent to the, to the customer that they're actually dealing with the 3PL. 
Um, so, and, and see that 3PL as a part of an extension of their supply chain organization. Um, so I, I think that's the type of relationship that, that shippers are searching for, that ownership and accountability and responsibility is what, what shippers need. Um, and then I, I think the other thing that, that I always thought about as a shipper in thinking about a 3PL, Adrian, is then how do you do more than just execute? How do you bring me value? And so uh, a 3PL has a, has a unique opportunity um, based on their position relative to that shipper that, A, if they're doing a great job serving them and executing, um, they, they should also have uh, tremendous access to data and insights that can actually help that shipper improve and, and find value and create value, find where the waste is, help that shipper find where the waste is in their network and really work hard to eliminate and add value from that standpoint. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I think about um, from, a, from what a shipper is looking for from a, from a 3PL. I'll pause there and, and just see if you have any questions about that, and then I can touch on maybe what a 3PL is looking for in a shipper. Yeah, no, I think that, that, that those are all great points. I mean, one of the things that um, I, I think when I've, I, when I've done research in this area, a, a couple of things pop up. One is um, one of the things that I've, I've, I've seen as a common denominator of successful 3PL customer relationship is when there's an alignment of culture company cultures, right? So if a shipper has a, a for example, a culture that's rooted in continuous improvement, let's say Lean Six Sigma, and, and the 3PL also has a, uh, a culture of Lean Six Sigma continuous improvement, at, at the very you know, beginning, you, know, you already have that foundation and alignment that helps to build a relationship. So I was kind of curious if, if that's something you see as well as it being important kind of alignment you know, of culture. And I think secondly, I think, and I think I hear this more from the three PLs is that say, you know, those customers that view us as a partner uh, instead of a vendor or a supplier uh, are the ones that, again, approach that relationship already from the get go uh, from a more of, of a strategic, uh, a more positive standpoint than someone that's just going to send us an RFP. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 we're one of, you know, 10 or 15 people are sending RFPs to and it's, and we feel more like, you know, being in a vendor pool versus someone that's looking for a, a partner. So anyway, your thoughts on those two things. Yeah, I, I think the alignment, cultural alignment, as you articulated, is, is exactly right. And I think that's just one of those things that just causes a platform for the latter that you, that you mentioned. And that's a strategic partnership. Um, you know, you can, you, you can be transactional, but transactional, I think, yields, you know, short-term short-term results. And if you're looking to really transform your business, um, those strategic relationships, I think, tend to, tend to work the best for both parties uh, because the, the investments are going to be made on both sides, the transparency of information and data that's necessary for, for a world of continuous improvement, um, I, think, uh, I think lends itself best if there's that strategic long-term relationship. So, so I would wholeheartedly agree with you, Adrian, that, uh, that that's what the 3PLs are looking for, uh, you know, from a shipper standpoint. Great, great. So, I mean, you mentioned you had a conversation with, a, you know, a, a client uh, recently and then, you know, sustainability came up and, 
and you know that's something that's you know rising to the surface. So obviously, in your current role, you have the opportunity to speak to many you know uh, leading shippers out there and customers as well as prospects. I mean, what what is what is top of mind you know for them today? I mean, what what have uh, you know what, what are some of the challenges or opportunities that um, you know they're facing or going after? Yeah, a- Adrian, it's uh, again great that you asked it. So as you know, I've only been with Transplace just a handful of weeks, not even yet a handful of weeks. And my, my first uh, mission is obviously to get to know our people at, at TransPlace and then get to know our customers. And so I've been out the last three weeks doing nothing but talking to customers. Um, and so what I'm hearing as a common thread is, you know, execution is, is a given. It's, it's like a, it's not even on the table. It's just, it's a given. You have to execute what customers uh, have is, is in terms of their expectations. But what I'm hearing that, that customers are really looking for, and this goes, it, it doesn't matter, I've talk, spoken with CPG customers, chemical customers, manufacturers, what they are looking for is, hey, there's, there's a lot of data that exists out there in the, in the marketplace, and, and our mission, one of the things that, that we're really focused on, as you said, is continuous improvement. And what they're looking for is how do you bring insights, actionable insights um, that, that you know, go beyond just the raw data that help us improve our business operations, help us better serve our customers. And so that's what they're looking for. Also, they're, they're looking for, and I think this goes back to kind of a recency effect of 2018, which was kind of a, a phenomenon in the, in the transportation world, is, you know, we want to be the experts in, in the transportation area, and, uh, and, but we want to help them see around the corners um, so that they can really focus on the core of, of their business. So we want to be the transportation experts forum, supply chain experts forum, and help them, help, help guide them as to what they need to be thinking about relative to their supply chain and their business. But that's, that's really what I'm, what I'm hearing as a common thread across everybody that I'm speaking with. You know, that, that, that resonates with me. Like I said, you know, some of the research I've done in the past when I've talked to shippers in terms of what do they look for in, in their logistics service product partners, you know, one of the things they, they put it more, I get more bluntly and said, Hey, tell us something we don't already know. Right. Right. Uh, that's what they're looking for. Right. So, uh, so I think you're right. Execution is, um, you know, stable stakes, right? If you're, if you can't execute, you're not going to be in business very long, right? So if you've been in business for a long as Transplace has been in business as some of your peers in the industry, um, y- you know, you got to be able to execute to stay in business, right? So then how do you differentiate, you know, as a 3PL in the eyes of shippers? And it's, I think that's becoming the, the differentiating piece. You know, how can you bring your people to the forefront, your expertise to the forefront to, you know, provide them with the insights, with the data, with the information to tell them something they don't already know so that they can either improve their operations or create a differentiator or, or, or so forth. And I think a big part of that uh, or part of that today, which brings me to my next question is, te- is technology, right? So you talked about there's a lot of data out there, but being able to analyze that and, and kind of be able to bring out insights and, and, and actionable uh, information out of that is, is where a lot of companies struggle uh, or have challenges with either because they don't have the technology or they don't have the, the data scientists or the, the, you know, the in-house expertise to, to, you know, to do that. So that's what they look for in a, in a logistic service provider. So, you know, when it comes to technology, um, you know, obviously it's going to continue to play an important role in, in supply chain logistics for both shippers and, and LSPs. And certainly that's an area that, 
you know, I know Transpace has been investing in a lot recently. I mean, what advancements do you see, you know, having the most impact in the industry over the next few years? Yeah, I'll tell you, Adrian. So again, just bouncing back to what you just said, the thing that excites me about Transplace and and a big reason I came here is I think that Transplace is really uniquely designed uh, from a capability standpoint, a resource um, standpoint, to be those pro- to be that problem solver and that engagement uh, mechanism for customers that are looking for for value. So that's that's what we're very much designed for. Um, and so going back to your question, what is it that I see? Um, in terms of you know technology in the in the in the future, um, and I just want to make sure that that's a question that you're asking is is where do I see technology going that's really important? It's technology that we're investing in right now and capabilities that Transplace has and or is investing in, and that is um, capabilities around um, you know the the resources uh, around network analysis, engineering, network engineering, um, how to, you know, one of the beautiful things about Transplace is we've got a tremendous amount of scale, uh, scale that I had no idea Transplace had. I mean, we, we have billions and billions of dollars of freight under management across multiple modes. With that comes a tremendous amount of data and with that becomes a tremendous amount of, of, of you know, insights to be had and efficiencies to be found. So applying artificial intelligence um, in, in machine learning to that data uh, to improve our, our customers' business and find those operating efficiencies is really, really critical. And so that's where uh, you see us investing. You see us investing in the, in the transportation management software that we have, uh, implementation of control tower, business intelligence, so that we can help customers with continuous improvement. Um, when you talk about things like AI and, um, and machine learning, uh, looking at how we can utilize uh, those types of technologies for things like direct continuous move programs, uh, that is really, really, really hard to do. Uh, it sounds easy, but I've not ever seen it executed well. And I can tell you by implementing the technology, Adrian, we're actually getting it done. Um, and, and getting it done across multiple customer bases. Um, and then the other thing that's, that's really interesting uh, that's evolving, and I say it's evolving, is really getting into predictive analytics in a, in a much bigger way, uh, understanding how you can incorporate the Internet of Things with, um, with, with AI and ML to get into risk mitigation, risk identification and risk mitigation to ensure appropriate execution. Um, so those are some of the types of things that are rapidly evolving right now. And I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you brought up a great point in terms of having the scale, because I mean, when we talk about technologies like uh, machine learning, for example, I mean, they're really dependent on having, you know, large amounts of data to really work off of in order to drive uh, and derive those insights. Uh, and, and of course, you know, one of my you know, soapbox issues uh, for, for decades now has been, you know, well, uh, you know, machine learning is not going to provide much value if the underlying data is crappy data, right? So, you know, this focus on, you know, data quality uh, and managing that has to be part of the equation in order for, uh, you know, to, to really get value out of machine learning, AI, predictive analytics, all these things. And, and I think that, that, be, that needs to become a focus 
you know, moving forward for whether you're a shipper, whether you're a 3PL, uh, everyone in the ecosystem um, is, you know, really focusing on, on data quality. Um, you know, obviously a lot of it is improved by some of the IOT and some of the automation in, in capturing data, but then you also have to run the risk of, you know, drowning in too much data, right? So right. It's, you know, right? So I, I think there's a lot going on with data. Um, the underlying uh, uh, food, if you will, that feeds ML and, and artificial intelligence that I can't, that I think can't be overlooked because I think if you overlook that and just focus on the, you know, the, the sexy algorithms, um, you know, you're not going to get the full benefits uh, out of the, you know, some of these, uh, some of these technologies. But again, I think, you know, uh, with companies such as yourselves and, and others that have been around in the industry for a long time that have large part ecosystems, you know, you, you've got the benefit of having that large base of data to, to work off, uh, which is, which is great. Um, you know, uh, Tr Tracy, we're running short on time here. So I'm, I'm just going to go to, to my last question here, which is kind of shifting gears a, a little bit here. Um, but, you know, a lot of the folks that I, uh, you know, talk to at conferences, and I know some of the, uh, a lot of the folks that watch Talking Logistics are, you know, young professionals and, and students that are just getting into the industry. Uh, so I always love to get kind of advice from, you know, uh, folks that uh, are very experienced in this industry and particularly yourself has been now on both sides of both the shipper side and the 3PL side. I mean, what, what advice would you give to students or and young professionals and entering the, the industry today? I mean, what, what skills or experiences, you know, should they acquire to become kind of successful leaders of tomorrow? Yeah, great, great question, because people are the greatest assets, right? You've got to have people to, to do all the things that we've talked about, and you got to have great people. Um, I, I think about if I was giving advice, I would say seriously look at supply chain as a, you know, as a career path. Again, uh, there's always going to be a need to move something from A to B. And the world's getting smaller and it's getting more complex. And, uh, and with that, I think, you know, I, I made a couple of notes relative to this. Um, you need people who can have the uh, skill sets to understand, I would call it an empathetic skill set, uh, to have the ability to understand your customers' perspectives and your customers' customers' perspectives and needs. Um, I think understanding operations is really critical. Uh, and having that as a ground set. So being being able to kind of get your hands dirty and get in the operations of the business, I think is really, really important. And then understanding the financial aspects and, and kind of financial drivers of your customer's business and, and then your own business. Um, and then I think about uh, communication skills, influence skills, uh, analytical skills. Um, you know, those are things that are that are very important uh, that that people would want to hone in on and, and have the ability to uh, to enhance thinking about this. And then I think about being a lifelong learner. Uh, know that when you get into this business, that uh, it is not a static environment. Things change rapidly, and so come into this business with the mindset. And it's 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 really I think why people get into this business and it, it sticks. It's uh, it's ever changing. And you have to be a lifelong learner around things like technology and business processes and whatnot, uh, and then learn about your customers' businesses as, as well. Um, and then finally, it's a great, great uh, industry to be innovative. And, uh, and so I think you have to have, to have an innovative mindset uh, to be successful in the future. So, you know, people that are, are thinking about this business 
uh, and entering into this industry to today for tomorrow. Uh, the skill sets are, are dramatically different than when I entered into it several years ago, but uh, it's exciting and it's going to do nothing but become more and more important as, as, uh, as things change in the world. Oh, great, great insights and, and advice there, uh, uh, Tracy. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm trying to get my kids who are, you know, uh, in high school and moving into college to try to think about this industry. I haven't quite convinced them yet, but uh, but I'm working on it because, you know, absolutely, there's a ton of opportunities here. And I remember I, I go back to a quote from a, a young professional from a few years ago. Uh, she was presented with, with an award at, uh, at one of the conferences and someone asked her, you know, why did you decide to study, you know, supply chain logistics? She said, you know, I want to be in an industry where I knew that every day when I showed up to work, it was going to be a different day, you know, and she, she thrived on that. And the fact that, yes, sometimes, you know, it's, it's challenging and frustrating, but it's also innovative. It's exciting. A lot of new things happening all the time. And, and that was what she was looking for. And I think that's what a lot of you know, folks want out of their career, right? They want something that is going to continuously challenge them in, in, in positive ways. And, uh, and certainly this is an industry that, that promises that, um, you know, Tracy, like I always say at the end of all our programs, you know, we always just manage to scratch the surface on, on these topics that we talk about. We certainly covered a lot of different ground, ground today uh, in our conversation, but I, I want to thank you again for making the time to be with us. Yeah, thank you for the time and the opportunity as well. Adrian, look forward to talking with you in the future. Great. And uh, I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand at the TransPlace website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Tracy, you can uh, post it there and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.